You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Well, good morning. So, so excited to be with you this morning. Glad that you've logged on. My name is Pastor Jay. I'm the Oakmont Campus Pastor. Honored to serve here at Riverside and excited to share part two of Kingdom Come, a series that we started last week. Pastor David kicked this series off with us. If you haven't watched that, I encourage you to do so. We're really, and through this series, going to be looking at what it, th- this idea of realizing God's rule and, and, and relationship with us, and this idea of Kingdom Come. Basically, what does your Kingdom Come, your will be done, look like in the context of a relationship with our Savior. What does that look like? And so I'm going to be uh, jumping into just a few minutes, Matthew chapter 13. We'll be looking at uh, some of the teachings of Jesus today. Just a, just a precursor to this, uh, as I'm sharing with you, if uh, by chance, uh, as I'm talking, you hear some loud noises, and uh, I'll just tell you that on the other side of this wall, there's a giant hole in the street and our beautiful cobblestone streets here in Oakmont where they're doing some work. So if I pause and we have a moment of noisy reflection, that's what that's about. So uh, just to let you know. So last week, David uh, just briefly touched on an idea and a word that he mentioned that is found in the Gospels and Jesus' teachings is the word secrets. And that's what I'm going to expound on today secrets of the kingdom of God. And I'm excited to share one of the times that Jesus shared this word. And as I reflected on this idea of secrets, I thought back to um, a dinner that my family and I, we went to a different part of Pittsburgh, just checking out the different areas, sat down for a dinner. We were looking through the menus. We had never been to this place before. Waitress came to our table And we went around and placed our orders. And as I ordered, uh, after I shared what I wanted at this restaurant, the waitress asked me, would you like our signature sauce? Would you like our signature sauce? In that moment, uh, I paused. And then I turned to her and I said, what's that? What's your signature sauce? And our, our waitress began to just kind of try to describe it to us. And then she kind of leaned in, bent down to our table, and she shared a secret with us. Now, before I tell you what she told us, I want to tell you first, what is it that is not a secret? The thing that's not a secret in the kingdom of God. And this is it. It's no secret that God desires a lasting relationship with you. It is no secret that he wants a relationship with you. Wherever you're watching right now, whatever you're going through, wherever you're at with God right now, I want you to know that he wants a relationship with you. John 3.16 is a scripture that if you're watching a football game, you might see that scripture in the crowd. For God so loved the world. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that 
who, everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God loves you so much that he gave his one and only son so that he could bridge the gap that was created by sin so that we can have a lasting, eternal relationship with him. That's how much he loves us. And it's no secret. The funny thing is, as I was thinking about this, how much he wants a relationship with us, how much he loves us. I thought back to, back to uh, as my kids were growing up, there was something that I would do just to be one of those silly dad things that I would do is I would tell my kids, hey, I have a secret for you. Come here, come here. I want to I tell you something. It's a secret. And then they would come up and I would get real close and I would say, I would do this, I love you. And as they were real little kids, they thought that was really funny. And then they would do it to me and we'd just kind of go back and forth. As they grew older, I would try to do it and then they would say, dad, I know what you're gonna do. And I'd say, no, I'm really, I'm gonna tell you something different. And then they'd come in, I'm like, I really, really love you. And they're like, oh, come on, dad. So, you know, thinking about this, this silly moment where I would share that, where I'd whisper that to them. As a father to my kids, I love them so much. And our father in heaven who created you and me, he loves us so much. And with a bullhorn from heaven, he wants you to know he loves you and wants a lasting relationship with you. That is no secret. With this established that God loves us, I want to jump in to Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to begin with verse 1 and read to verse 11. First, I'll tell you this, Jesus, this is Jesus sharing one of the first parables that he shared, and the parables were stories that illustrated a, a, an important point that Jesus wanted to get across. And I'm gonna unpack parables just a little bit more, but just so you know what we're, we're jumping into right now. It says, later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but this plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples came and asked him, why do you use parables when you talk to the people? He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. Now this last verse, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. This last verse needs a little unpacking because it face value as you read that, like, whoa, whoa, that sounds a little exclusive. 
But to understand it, I want to go back to the waitress at the restaurant who leaned down after I asked this question, what is the signature sauce? She leaned down, and this is what she whispered to our table. The sauce, the signature sauce, is actually ketchup and mayonnaise. The secret, it was out. At our table, signature special sauce, sauce, ketchup and mayonnaise. My first thought was, wow, that doesn't seem so signature. And then I started to think, wait a minute. I have the signature sauce in my refrigerator, and I didn't even know it. It's right there. I began to uh, think about that and wonder, wow, how special is this sauce? And then uh, a few weeks later, it was funny, we were in the grocery store, and my kids came running up to me, and they showed me this, this picture here that will pop up. Heinz mayo chip, mayo chip. I was like, wait a minute, Heinz has a signature sauce. Heinz has a signature sauce. And then I started to think, well, wait a minute, are they serving mayo chip and just calling it signature sauce? Or, you know, did the Heinz people go to this restaurant and then decide, hey, we want their signature sauce to be mayo chip? This is the stuff that keeps me up at night right here, this kind of stuff, thinking about this. But you know what? After the dinner was great, I enjoyed the sauce. If I had walked away and said, you know, that dinner and that sauce was so great, I want to know more about how they made that dinner. I want to know, is there some spices? What's the ratio in this sauce? I want to know more. I would need to go and meet the chef. I would need to ask for access to go in to the kitchen, and I would need to spend some time with the chef, get to know the chef, understand how did you make my meal? Why was it so good? What's so special about this sauce? I would have to get up close to the chef who made the meal. And here, this brings us back to what Jesus talked about. You are permitted to understand the secrets of heaven, kingdom of heaven, but others are not. The disciples, this is the first secret Jesus was communicating to his disciples with this statement. Life in the kingdom can only be understood through a close relationship with the king. Life in the kingdom can only be understood through a close-up relationship with the king. Not everybody wants to get close. And that's what Jesus was saying. Those who are not permitted to understand the secrets were the ones who didn't want to get close. In other words, the secrets, they are unlocked from the inside of a relationship with the king. And this is why Jesus used parables. This is why we have these, these stories that illustrate these powerful truths. By cloaking his message into these parables, Jesus, he created this necessary barrier between those who only wanted to criticize his message from the crowd and then for those who really wanted to be committed in a relationship with him, they would want to get close to him so he could explain the message and explain the truth. 
So there's this realization that there is, Jesus knew there would always be a crowd and there would be the committed. The larger crowd, and that's what this story, as I was reading it, started out with. Jesus was in a boat teaching to a crowd of people. A crowd of people. And in that crowd were a lot of people that wanted to pick apart and criticize him. And then there were the committed. Where are you in this story today? Where are you? How close? Are you in the crowd? Maybe just listening from a distance? Or do you find yourself wanting to inch forward closer and closer so you can get to know him more? There's a distinct difference, and uh, we've talked about it here at Riverside, the difference between a fan and a follower. If you go to a Steelers game, uh, think about that. Going to a Steelers game in person, in the crowd, you will have around you critics. For every play that doesn't go well, you have people yelling and screaming, and why did this coach do this? And why didn't our defensive coordinator do this? But down there on the sideline, all around the coach are all the assistants, all the players, all the people that, for the most part, believe in him and are following him and believe that that coach, our coach, is going to lead us to victory. There's a difference. And this brings us to the second. So these first two points that I'm sharing with you are kind of the big, big idea secrets that Jesus is sharing. And this is the second one of that, that, that piece. If you want to get close to Jesus, you have to move from the crowd and press in to talk with the king. You have to do that. You have to make a step of faith, step out from the crowd, step out from the people that are just pointing fingers and criticizing and just kind of sitting back with lots of doubts and wondering, I don't know about this. And you step in and you begin to make a commitment to say, I'm going to follow Jesus. I want him in my life and I want to get close to him. If you remember back to, the, to verse 10, and we kind of roll across these things in scripture and sometimes we don't quite catch it. It says, his disciples came and asked him. That was the moment where we went from a crowd to a committed followers that came to him and said, I really want to know the secret to that story. I want to know what this is all about. Tell me more. Tell me more. I want to know the secret. And as I think about this, just to illustrate this a little further, if you've ever been to a concert, and you go to a concert, and there's a crowd, and you're all enjoying the show, and I've been to different concerts, and you are at a, at a distance. Even if you're in the front row, you, there is this separation. But, you know, I was going to a concert with my, my son about seven, eight years ago to a Newsboys concert. If you love the Newsboys, maybe do a thumbs up right now. Put your favorite song in the comment line. But we were really excited. We were waiting in line to come in, and it was at a church. And I knew one of the pastors there, and one of the pastors came out, and he looked at me, and he said, hey, would you guys like to go and meet the newsboys? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) 
of course. We'd love that. And so he invited us to their green room where there was some, a, a, a select group that had actually paid to do this, and we got to go for free. And we go back, and they're interviewing them, and then you get to get this special packet and the special tag. And we got our picture. Here's a picture of us. Uh, this, me and my son with the newsboys. My son had just started drumming, and the drummer was like, I wanted to stand here with Jackson, the drummer. And so we had this cool moment. And as I thought back to this moment, this is the only backstage moment I've ever had uh, with the concerts that I've went to. You know what? This is what I wanted to tell you right now. Wherever you are in your relationship with God, there is an unlimited number of backstage passes with Jesus. He offers them to you. There is nothing that will stop you except you not willing to step forward. It's up to you to accept that backstage pass to say, I am going to get close to the king. He has given you an invitation, come close. I want to tell you more. I want to show you more. That's what this is all about. And this was encouraging to the disciples. This whole teaching, as he unpacks this, I encourage you to read that whole chapter, Matthew 13. I can't go into all of it, but he quotes Isaiah chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, really explaining that not everyone will want to get close and stay close to Jesus, but we can. The invitation is there. Now, once Jesus is finished establishing that the parables served to identify those who wanted to get close, and follow him, Jesus goes deeper. After the disciples have stepped forward and said, we want to know what this whole story, this parable was about. Can you explain it? We want to know more. We want to know the secret. Jesus then shares another level of secrets. And really what he does is he unpacks the four seeds And in doing so, he shares four secrets to staying close to him. Four secrets that I'm going to share with you now. We're just going to go one by one through these four seeds. And what are the secrets to staying close after you step forward and say, I want to know more? And what does that look like? What that looks like is that you begin spending time with God every day. You jump on the Bible app. We have reading plans that you can jump on with Riverside and be with and connecting with other people. You jump into a connect group. You jump into a contribute group. You step forward. You say, I want to get close. Now, how do you stay close? Let's look verses 18 and 19 at the first seed. It says, now listen to the explanation of the parable of the farmer planting the seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. A couple thoughts with this first. In Jesus' time, the, the, what he's describing is the land that was planted, farming land, was in these long strips of land. And in between each strip was just a path that was as big as this right here. Just, just big enough for one person to walk between the fields. 
And so as he's sharing this, everybody is picturing this little piece of ground that nothing grows on because feet are going across it and pounding down that ground harder and harder. He also mentions something that's very important. In the last few words, he says, the enemy comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The heart is the decision center, the place where we make decisions. And so what Jesus is saying here is this, the first secret, you decide where you are planted. You make the decision where you are planted. If you are planted in a lasting relationship with God or if you are planted elsewhere, you decide. You decide what comes into your heart and stays. You make that decision. The ground of your heart, whether it's a hard heart that refuses to listen and refuses to change, or are you going to have fertile, humble heart that would say, God, I want you to change me. I want to know more. I really want to change. So how do you choose where you're planted and have fertile ground? Psalm chapter one, verses one through three. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank. Bearing fruit each season, their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. This psalm right here, I love this. They are like trees planted along the riverbank. Here in Pittsburgh, whatever river you're driving past or you look at along the riverbank, it is flush with trees and shrubs growing up. Why? They always have nourishment. They're planted in the best place. And that's what God wants for you, that you would be planted. That you would be planted first in a relationship with him, in a community like Riverside, that you are connected. We are giving you as many opportunities to connect. Whether you are vulnerable and you cannot be in person, you can connect with virtual groups. You can go on our app. You can check those groups out. Our connect groups that are starting on Wednesday nights, we have some of them here at our Oakmont campus, at our Mills campus. You can be planted in community. God wants that for you so that you would flourish. Doing life, life, kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven is done not in isolation but in community. And we will do all that we can and continue to do that so that you will be planted there. It's up to you, though, to take that step. It's up to you. You decide where will you be planted. Where will you be planted? I encourage you to choose to plant yourself in his word every day because it is there where you hear his whispers where you hear the secrets he wants to tell you about yourself that you do not know yet, the things that he wants to change in you. When you spend time, I encourage you this week, go on to the Bible app and, and jump in. Jump in to one, the, the reading plan for this week. and Commit to that every day. 
and allow God to speak to you about the things in your heart so he can till up the heart, the hard-heartedness that we have in us that develops in a time and a season where there are hard things. He wants to plant good things in us. As we move on to the next seed, in verse 20, Jesus says, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. With joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. That word joy, as I read over this scripture over and over, continued to ring in my heart how important that is. That when you first hear the good news, when you first hear that news, God loves me and wants a relationship with me. He sent his son to die for me. I want a relationship with him. I want him in my life. And as you make that decision, things begin to change and joy springs up in your heart and in your life, this excitement of a life abundant, what that looks like. But as this, as this explanation describes the enemy would want to steal that joy, and that brings us to this second secret. The length of your joy depends on the depth of your relationship with Jesus. The length of your joy depends on the depth of your relationship. Thinking about this, I, I kept flashing back to a time when, uh, when we were living in Omaha. I spent some time redoing the front of my uh, landscaping and planted some new shrubs. I got rid of the shrubs that the previous owner at this house that we were living had because, quite frankly, they were really ugly and I didn't like them and there was no color. And I was like, I need to plant some things that just look better. Well, uh, I planted some things and then a few years later, after I had planted these things, these different shrubs, which I was hoping would be would work, and they did. A neighbor came walking across the street one day when I was out watering the different flowers and, and shrubs. And my neighbor came and, and, and he stood next to me and he said, tell me about these. And he pointed to azaleas. And I had planted two azaleas. And the thing about azaleas is they bloom for about two weeks and they are gorgeous. They're beautiful. They were bright red. And so... They just really popped, and he wanted to know. He's like, tell me about these. These are so amazing, this color. I love them. And, and I tried to sound really smart, like I was really intelligent with all the things that I planted. But then when he asked me, well, how did you know to plant these? I said, well, I went to Walmart at the end of September, and I took what was left and was really cheap. And so in that moment, he's like, okay, you, you got really lucky. That's basically all that happened here. But I... I showed him these, and I told him about it, and, and when I told him, I said, yeah, they're really beautiful, but they bloom for only two weeks. As he was really excited when he heard that, he was kind of like, oh, it's only two weeks? I said, yeah, two weeks, and then they'll just be green. It's like, oh, okay. And lo and behold, he went and he planted something different that bloomed the whole summer. 
God wants the joy that he plants in your heart to last. To last. Even in the midst of the hardest times like what we're experiencing now, he wants that joy to last. That's what he desires. And it depends on us going deeper. If you stay where you are, your joy will begin to wane. It'll be like those flowers that just drop off of the azaleas. But he doesn't want that for you. He wants you to bloom continually. The, the, the joy that you found when you first found Jesus, it's so precious, it is so priceless, and he wants it to last. So I encourage you, go deeper. Get connected. Contribute any way that you can in this season Go deeper so that that joy will last. The third seed, Jesus explained in verse 22, he says, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of, the, of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. Notice this, this is something interesting is I've read this scripture many, many times, and this is the first time I noticed this. The first two seeds represent plants that died. This, this one that Jesus spoke about, it just says it didn't produce fruit. It didn't say that this seed and this plant dies. Isn't that interesting? It just didn't produce anything good. It was just a plant that was there. Imagine planting something that you, you would plant maybe a, a, a fruit tree, an apple tree. And that apple tree doesn't die, but all these weeds and things start to build up around it. And it just stays alive. It survives, but gives you no apples. That's what Jesus is describing here. That's what he's talking about. And the secret here is, that once you step out of the crowd and commit to Jesus, there will always be a crowd trying to pull you away. Pull you away from producing. Pull you away from thriving so that you would just be at a place that you would just survive as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, just getting by. And yet Jesus wants you to produce in every season. He wants you to flourish. That's what he wants for you. The crowd is not always people. It's like social media. It's the noise, the voices that crowd all around God's truth in your heart. It's the politics. It's the division in our world. It's depression. It's heartache, it's loneliness, it's these things that the enemy wants to crowd around your heart. Worry, it's one of the biggest ones, and that's one that Jesus mentions here, the worries of this life. The worries that would crowd out the message and the truth of the gospel. Jesus doesn't start a new life in you for you to survive. He wants you to thrive. The key is, is that you are careful about what is planted 
in your home, in your life, in your thoughts, in your hand, that you are careful about everything that gets planted around you. The habits that you start, if you can imagine again that you've planted, God has planted something in your heart and he wants you to produce good things. And if you were planting a tree that you wanted to see bear fruit in your yard, you know that if you saw weeds popping up around it, what would you do? The first thing you would do is you would go and you would begin pulling out those weeds so that it would grow. What is it that you must go around your heart and begin pulling and allow God to pull those things away from you? Those habits that you, maybe bad habits that have started in this very difficult season. Maybe it's destructive relationships. Maybe it's as simple as worry that has crowded out the word and the joy that God has put in your heart. The last thing that Jesus shared, the last seed is the good seed, the seed that fell on good soil and it represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as, ha- as has been planted. This is the last secret. The kingdom grows by the planted becoming planters. God's planted something in your heart and he wants you to thrive and he wants you to spread that joy. He wants you to spread this news. He wants you to be like that bullhorn from heaven. It's no secret what God has done in your heart and is doing in your life, even in the midst of the most difficult season many of us can remember, that people would come to you and they would say, would you please tell me what is the secret to your joy when so many are miserable and hurting and angry and divided? What is it in your life that's different? That people would come to you like like a fruit tree in the middle of a wilderness and see you and want to just grab and say, how is it that in the midst of a barren desert in this season that you in my workplace, that you in my neighborhood, that you still wear a smile on your face and joy in your heart, I want to know more. Would you please tell me that secret? that you would thrive like that. That's what he wants from us. As I close, and as I was praying over this message, I had this thought, a question that I was asking. And this was the question, if Jesus is leaning down and he is whispering to Riverside Community Church, Oakmont Campus, Mills Campus, online, If he's whispering something to us right now, what is it? What is he saying to us? And this was the thing that kept, I believe the spirit was just whispering into my heart, that gentle whisper, and this was it. Press in. Press in. Right now, the enemy during this season 
would want you to lean back. He would want you to drift away and just fade away into the crowd. But Jesus calls from heaven to you today and says, will you press in? Will you get closer? Will you go deeper so that you can thrive in a season when so many are just trying to survive? Would you do that? Would you press in? As I thought about this, a couple images from this week that I want to share, share with you is from our student ministry and our kids club that got started this week. Powerful images. You know, one of the secrets of the kingdom of God is that Jesus says that you would come to me like a child. And as our children and our students were given the opportunity to worship and pray, they all pressed in. They pressed in to get closer to Jesus and let their example, these images, be in your heart today. How can I follow the example of a child, of a student that runs to the king and says, would you tell me more? Would you tell me more? Would you tell me how? I want to go deeper, and I want to get closer, and I want to stay close. I want to pray with you right now. Wherever you are in this journey, and right now, I sense that there are many who are listening, and you are either in the crowd and have not committed, or that you have drifted. As the enemy has planted weeds of worry and weeds of discouragement all around you and you want to get close. Whether for the first time or the first time in a long time, I invite you right now to pray with me if you're ready to make a commitment to Jesus. God so loved the world that he gave his son Jesus so that you may have life and life to the fullest. Right now, just pray this simple prayer. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died for my sins and you rose again on the third day. I want to be planted in good soil and I want to produce good fruit and I want to experience lasting joy. Would you change my life from this moment forward? In Jesus' name. And if you're here today, listening right now, right here, and you know God, you have made a commitment to him, but you have been surviving, just barely getting by right now, I encourage you, I'm going to pray for you, that you would have the strength and the resolve to go deeper. Right now, wherever you are, I encourage you that this would be the, the time, this would be the day that you look back and you say, I, this was the day I decided I'm gonna go deeper, I'm gonna plant myself in his word, I'm gonna begin connecting and contributing like never before. Let this be the day. However you can do it in this season, this is the day that you made that commitment. Let it be so in Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.